best you can because this is going out. So, yeah, no pressure. <clears throat> All right. Sorry, I think I hear a vehicle. That sounded like a plow, though, didn't it? All right. Well, 262. Let's give it a shot here. Okay, here we go. Simply trusting every day, trusting through a stormy way, even when my faith is small, trusting Jesus, that is all, trusting as the moments fly, Trusting as the days go by, trusting him whatever befall, trusting Jesus that is all. Brightly doth his spirit shine into this poor heart of mine. While he leads, I cannot fall, trusting Jesus, that is all, trusting as the moments fly, trusting as the days go by, trusting him, whatever befall. Trusting Jesus, that is all. Singing if my way is clear. Praying if the path be drear. If in danger for him call. Trusting Jesus, that is all. Trusting as the moments fly, trusting as the days go by, trusting him whatever befall, trusting Jesus that is all, trusting him while life shall last. Trusting him till earth be past, till within the jasper wall. Trusting Jesus, that is all. Trusting as the moments fly, trusting as the days go by. Trusting him, whatever befall, trusting Jesus, that is all. Very good. Good singing. All right. <clears throat> Problem is, when you're doing it like that, you can't stop, so you run out of air. <clears throat> so anyhow, let's try shelter in a time of storm, okay? I think I hear a car. Is somebody coming? Yes, they are. <laughs> Here we go. Here you go. The Lord's our rock, in him we hide, a shelter in the time of storm. Secure whatever ill be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. 
Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. A shade by day, defense by night. A shelter in the time of storm. No fears alarm, no foes affright. A shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. I tell you what, let's all stand for the last two verses, okay? Here we go. Uh, number three, uh, 263. Here we go. The raging storms may round us beat. A shelter in the time of storm will never leave our safe retreat. A shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. O rock divine, O refuge dear, a shelter in the time of storm. Be thou our helper ever near, a shelter in the time of storm. O Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. O Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in the time of storm. Amen. Brother Richard, if you would, open us in prayer, please. Amen. Please do be seated. <sighs> well, amen. Well, I can't tell you how glad I am that y'all are here. And uh, um, I think uh, uh, Jimmy kind of touched on this uh, when we came in, but uh, it's hard for me to cancel church. And part of the reason is we used to have an old, uh, and I say old, he was, you know, he's in his 80s. Uh, an old church member, Hansford Ash, and uh, and if it was like this, he was coming to church, and uh, there were a few times, there were about this many here, and he was one of the ones, came up from Cassville, and, and uh, he'd be here, and so anyhow, I'm glad that y'all are here, and, and we do have quite a few folks staying home and watching, so I praise the Lord for that. I want you to go with me to Luke 24 tonight, Luke chapter 24. <laughs> In Luke chapter 24, last uh, chapter of uh, Luke, and so this is uh, the resurrection and then after the resurrection. And uh, this is, if you will, the account of the road uh, to Emmaus, if you will. Two believers, two followers, uh, I guess a good word would be two disciples uh, of Christ. Uh, these weren't apostles, but these were disciples of Christ, believers in Christ. 
And they were coming home, uh, if you will, discouraged. They were going home defeated um, because of, of a few things we're going to look at tonight. And so um, last week, if you remember, on Sunday night, we were talking about how God revealed himself to mankind through the different ages, before the flood and after the flood, and how he does it now, and, and then how he's going to do it during um, the... Um, millennium. And to be honest with you, part of this message tonight is going to be thinking about that time during the millennium when, uh, when Christ is the king, he's sitting on the throne. Everybody can watch him rule. They can hear his words. They can see his face. And yet, for by grace are you saved through faith. And even when uh, Jesus is sitting on the throne and they can see him, you still have to have faith to believe, if you will, okay? And it just, it just marvels me how that, and we'll look at it at the end there. At the very end, the Bible says that Satan is loosed for a season, and then he's going to, if you will, tempt them to, to turn from Christ, and many are going to take and turn against him. It just blows my mind, okay? I just don't understand that. And so we talked about, if you will, how God reveals himself throughout history, and now I kind of want to see how that God has revealed himself in his person, okay? So when people see him ruling and reigning for a thousand years, how the, again, they are without excuse. And we'll look at all that here tonight. But if you will, Luke chapter 24 and verse 13, the Bible says this, and it says, Behold, and two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And just... Uh, by way of definition here, furlong is an eighth of a mile, and three score is 60, and so you're looking at six, uh, excuse me, do my math here, do that, probably seven and a half miles, okay? So you're looking at seven and a half miles. And, uh, and, and so the Bible says, and they talked together all of these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? Okay. And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, okay? I believe Cleopas was a husband. He was a man. And then he had a wife who was a very close follower of Jesus Christ, okay? I, I believe that. And so I believe it's husband and wife here. The Bible only tells us about Cleopas, but the Bible does say that there's two. And so, if you will, uh, they, they commune together. And uh, it says in verse 18 again, it says, One of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. Help me now. Isn't it interesting what they called him here? Jesus of What's another name for him? I mean, it's kind of a silly question to ask this. We call him Jesus Christ, don't we? And so if you will, Jesus means Jesus the Messiah, Jesus the Savior, Jesus the one who was the seed and the anointed one who was going to deliver humanity for salvation, if you will. They don't call him that. They call him Jesus of Nazareth. Interesting, okay? Meaning what? Their faith has been shaken. Their, their, their eyes, the Bible says, have been closed, okay? And, and they're, they're not getting it. They're not understanding who Jesus is. And yet, you, you know the story. They're talking with Jesus, okay? 
And the Bible says, uh, uh, verse 20, it says, And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned uh, to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. Beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. By the way, God gave the limit. You know, that was going to be the one sign. He says, I will not give a sign to this generation. The one sign I will give will be the sign of Noah. And, of course, that is the sign that he would be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Okay? It's the third day. They were expecting him to be risen. They, they didn't uh, see him as risen at this point, uh, though they were talking to the risen Savior. And the Bible says in verse 22, it says, Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, uh, amazed, astounded, okay, uh, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And by the way, notice, if you were hoping for a living Savior to come out on the third day, how many of y'all would have stayed in town? I mean, think about it, okay? And yet they're going home. They're going home discouraged and, and broken. The Bible says, And certain of them uh, which were with us went unto the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Listen, he's condemning them. He's rebuking them, not condemning them. He's rebuking them. He says, you should have listened to what I said. You should have listened to the prophets. You should have listened to the ones who, who uh, told you these things about Christ. Why? Well, he says in verse 26, he says, ought not Christ to have suffered these things? I mean, listen, if you read your Bible, if you knew your Bible, if you listened to Jesus, Jesus had been warning you and teaching you. Christ, if you will, had been, okay? It says, and then to enter into his glory. And then verse 27, he says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and brake, and gave to them, and their eyes were open. You remember what it said earlier? He said their eyes had been closed, closing, okay? I, I looked that up, and it literally meant shut by force, okay? Shut by force. Now, did God do that, or did they do that, okay? And we'll talk about that here in a moment. But the whole point, the Bible says at that point, their eyes were open. How many of y'all think they had eye, open eyes before that? He's clearly talking metaphorically. He's talking about they, they weren't walking around going like this. I'm not trying to be clever, okay, but... They, 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 they were looking at Jesus, they were talking to Jesus, they heard his words, amen. The Bible says later that their hearts burned within themselves while he spoke. I mean, they should have known something was different, and yet they didn't because their eyes were closed, okay? In a sense, to me, saying it was a kind of a choice that they had made. They just weren't seeing it. They just weren't getting it, okay? Uh, verse 31, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished, uh, out of their sight. Father, we love you. We thank you for the privilege to sing your praises. We thank you for the health and safety that you've given us. Father, do be with those who are apart from us. You know every need. And uh, Father, we just uh, pray that uh, this word that goes out would strengthen us in our faith. Uh, Father, that we would just uh, have confidence in your word, in our great God and our Savior. Father, that we would not be like these people with closed eyes. Help us to open our eyes and see the signs of the times. Father, your, your prophecy is being fulfilled all around us. And Father, 
Help us not to be caught unawares, but help us to be found looking. Father, we just pray that you would receive all the honor in this tonight. We ask this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I mean, think about these people. These people, I, I believe, were, were disciples. If you study about who uh, Cleopas was, Cleopas's wife Mary was a follower of Jesus. She was one of the Marys that was in close association with Jesus and ministered to his needs and different things like that. They loved the Lord. They were looking for him to be the Messiah. They were looking for him to be the king. That's probably what disturbed them. But uh, they were looking for him to fulfill all these things. But when he died, was crucified, that kind of all shut off for him, okay? Well, I, I think about this. I, I, I would love to have known what he taught them, amen? I would love to know what he said to them. Uh, and, and, and so if you will, I, I want to talk about a similar time in history because we, we talked about last week how that everybody before the flood had opportunity to know Adam. I mean, literally, Noah was born, I believe, uh, I can't remember the number, but I think it was 125 years after Adam had died. His father knew Adam, okay? And so, if you will, Adam could have been a firsthand witness and said, hey, God is real, and, and I saw him, and I talked to him, and amen, and, and, and so, if you will. We also look how that uh, the Apostle Peter said this, we have a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well, that you take heed, amen? And so, if you will, he says, listen, you've got a Bible here. You can have confidence in that. You can have a authority in that. So, take it and read it and believe it, not just acting on it. By the way, acting on it is saying, hey, I believe it. Amen. But, uh, but taking and, and letting it be real. If God said, listen, I'm going to be taken to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest me. They're going to crucify me. But in three days, I'm going to raise from the dead. I don't know about you. I, I think I'd have been one of those. They said, some of the women were at the tomb early in the morning. Amen. I honestly, I kind of wonder if Mary was one of those ones. I wonder if the wife of Cleopas was one of those ones. It's possible. Okay. Uh, my whole point is this, is they, they, they got us all, our minds are all weird. Why? Because they say he's alive, but we haven't seen him alive yet. Amen. Well, help me now. They said, you want a sign? What sign am I going to give you? I'm going to give you the sign of Jonah. I'm going to be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. But what did he mean? He said, I'm going to be alive after that. Amen. Uh, you know, it's real easy for us to take and criticize them. But I wonder how many of us, if we were followers of Jesus and had heard those same things and watched the awful nature of his crucifixion, if maybe our faith wouldn't have been shaken just a little bit. Amen. You know, it would be important for us when it comes to these things to remember a couple things. And I, I want to kind of say it this way. <laughs> believing is seeing. Now, what I mean by that is this, is, you know, it's easy to say seeing is believing. If you see it, you know it's true. Okay, well, I saw it, and I know it's true, okay? Well, good, but how about, how many of y'all have seen every promise that God has made to you fulfilled in your life? The answer is no, okay? But can you believe God can fulfill his promises? How many of y'all think Jesus is coming again? Okay, how often are we supposed to look for him? Continually, every day, all the time, Right? Okay, so let me ask this question. How many of us are doing it? How many of us are doing it? Uh, 
And yet God has he, he's warned us. He's encouraged us. He's, he's, he's exhorted us, if you will, saying, listen, when you see these signs and you, and you hear about this and you hear about that, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And, and if you will, uh, he, he's trying to take and he say, when you see this, I'm coming. And if you will, be faithful to be about your business when I come. Don't, don't be found abusing the servants or don't be found sleeping. Amen. Don't be found, if you will, uh, tied up in the things of the world instead of the things of God. Amen. Uh, well, so if you will, believing is seeing. Could you go to Genesis chapter 18, please? Genesis chapter 18. Abigail Hunt, could you get me a water? I, I thought I got one out, but I didn't bring it up. It's there in the back table there. You see it? You guys are familiar with this portion of Scripture, but let's, just for uh, context, let's go to verse 1. And if you will, uh, Abraham has uh, followed God from Ur the Chaldees to now he's in the promised land. And um, one of the days he's, he's, if you will, sitting in his tent. Okay, And the Bible tells us where. Look what the Bible says in verse 1. The Bible says, And the Lord appeared unto him, Abram, Abraham, in the plains of Bambri, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day, and he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to, uh, to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. By the way, folks, he, he understood who he was. This is, this is the Lord and two angels. Amen. Uh, if, if you know the context, okay? He says, let a little water, I pray you, uh, be fetched and wash your feet and, and rest yourselves under the tree and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort your hearts. After that, you shall pass on for therefore are you come uh, to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. Good. So he, if you will, he recognized who was passing by. He said, come into my tent. Uh, let, let's have fellowship together, a meal, if you will. And uh, in verse uh, 6, the Bible says, And Abram hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes unto, uh, un, upon the hearth. And uh, Abram ran unto the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto the young man, and he hastened to dress it. By the way, that, that's some fresh food right there. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Think about it. The Bible says, And he took butter and milk and the calf uh, which he had dressed and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. Amen. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? Okay. By the way, notice her name there. What's her name? Was that her name originally? Help me now. What was Abraham's name originally? And Abram means father. Okay. Abram. Okay father of people, right? Abraham uh, means father of nations, okay? And so one day God said, not only are you going to be a father, but you're going to be a father of nations, okay? So I'm changing your name from Abram to Abraham. Well, folks, he gave a similar promise to Sarah when he changed her name from Sarai to Sarah, meaning you're going to be the one that has the child, okay? And so if you will, uh, you remember Abraham tried to, tried to help that whole situation, messed everything up, okay? Sarah, Sarah tried to do all that. And, uh, and if you will, uh, so it's significant that she's called Sarah here, okay? Meaning what? She's already been given the promise that she's going to have a child. Help me now. Any of y'all been given some promises? Any of y'all been given some promises that are yet unfulfilled? Absolutely. Do you still believe on them? 
do you still hold to them, or do you think, ah, God really didn't mean that? Or, or No, no, folks, her name was Sarah here. She understood God had given her some promises, okay? And so, if you will, these men look to Abraham, and they say, where's your wife? Amen? Where's your wife Sarah? Okay? Trying to make a point here, all right? The Bible says here, um, uh, verse 10, it says, and he said, I... I will, uh, oh, excuse me. He says, uh, behold, in the tent. She's over there in the tent. Oh, okay. And so, if you will, this uh, angel, I believe it's the Lord here. The Bible says, and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now, Sarah, Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Can I just tell you, it is physically impossible for her to have a child right now. I'm going to practice an amen for myself here. Amen? Listen, is he trying to make a point? It is impossible for her to have a child. But wait a minute. God promised you that you would have a child. Well, now it's too late. He, he waited too long. Oh, please take this the right way. But if God waited too long, he waited just long enough for him to get the glory and not you. Okay, and so if you will, uh, it, 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 so, well, the Bible says in verse 12, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have the pleasure, my Lord being old also? She, you know what she's saying? <laughs> There's no way I'm having a baby. Amen? Folks, get a hold of this, because this is the whole point. Okay? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Can you all say it with me? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Folks, get a hold of this. God's saying this, If I made you a promise, is there anything too hard for me to do? Amen? Folks, the whole point is this, is when I talk about seeing is believing, but folks, sometimes believing is seeing. You know why she laughed? She couldn't believe the promises of God. You know why she never thought she'd be holding a child? She could not embrace the fact that God had made her a promise. Well, it's impossible. Is anything too hard for the Lord? What's the answer to the question? Amen? No, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Amen? Meaning what? If he says he's going to rise from the dead on the third day, can he rise from the dead on the third day? Amen. Okay? So if you will, what I'm talking about, how that God reveals himself throughout the history of mankind. In the very last days, folks, think about this. He's sitting on the throne. They can see him. They can hear his words. Amen? They still have access to his Bible. Amen? And the Bible says for a thousand years... They get to live in a place called, in a sense, I mean, it's new heaven, it's not even new heaven and new earth at this point, but if you will, it's the fulfillment of the kingdom, okay? It was the fulfillment of the kingdom of God to these people, okay? Now think about this. How many of y'all think the Bible says there's not going to be wars anymore? The Bible says that a little baby is going to be able to play on a cockatrice den. Folks, at my understanding, a cockatrice is a king cobra. Any of y'all let your kids play with King Cobra? Huh? But how many of y'all would during the millennium? Uh, be honest. Some of you are still going, <laughs> God said this. He says, I'm going to make the lion lay down with the lamb. 
here's something I want you to think about. Think about the first lamb that actually goes and does that. Okay, all right. Uh, so it, people are going to take it. They're going to see all these things happening. The, 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 the ecology is going to get better. All the scars of war are going to get better. I think God's going to uh, allow them to take and turn the earth back into a wonderful paradise. There's going to be peace amongst the nations. Uh, there's going to be harmony with nature. There's, there, it's just going to be a blessed time. And Jesus is going to be sitting on the throne as the absolute monarch. Amen. But he's going to fulfill every promise that he's made in this book. Amen. Just to get ahead of it here a little bit, he's going to lose Satan. For a thousand years, Satan can't whisper in anybody's ear. Amen. But at the end of a thousand years, he loses Satan for a season. And Satan walks up and he says, do you really think Jesus is as good as he says he is? Do you really think he could fulfill all your promises? By the way, the only reason things are nice is because you're doing exactly what he says. He's just a big bully sitting on that throne. I, I try to think of anything that, they, that the devil could take him to say, and somebody would go, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, the only reason that it's all like this is because we don't have any power to do anything about it. And he says, I can give you the power. Come on now, Amen. Uh, uh, you shall not surely die. It's going to be wonderful. It's good. It's good. You can be in charge. You know, I don't, I don't know what he's going to say. I know this. God's saying this. Is there anything too hard for me? And if I made some promises to you, you should just embrace the promise. Amen? Because in a sense, believing is seeing. Now, I want you to think about something with me. Because the second thing I want you to see is believing is the challenge. Believing is the challenge. Would you go to Isaiah chapter 53? Isaiah chapter 53. You know, a lot of times we just read this portion of scripture and we don't focus on that first verse, okay? But Isaiah chapter 53, look at verse 1. He asks a rhetorical question. He says this. He says, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Do you understand that? What he's saying, who's actually believed what we told them was going to happen? And by the way, you all are familiar, Isaiah's in the Old Testament. Okay? This is, uh, if I do my math, right, six, seven, eight hundred years before Christ, okay, when, when this is written, okay? And then he's talking about Messiah here. And he says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Was, was Jesus a handsome man? The Bible says no. Okay? He was just an ordinary man. There was nothing, if you will, physically uh, spectacular about him. Uh, did everybody love him? Well, no. The Bible says in verse 3, it says, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. By the way, when do we hide our faces from him? Say it again. Yeah, but think about when we were most ashamed. Jesus is on the cross doing what? Bearing our sin and our shame. What were the apostles doing? Running and hiding, and, and Peter himself was saying, I don't know who the guy is. Huh? 
And I just tell you, you think about this, when you think about the fulfillment of Scripture, God says this is exactly how it's going to be. By the way, that's also one reason, well, maybe Peter could have said, well, yeah, I fit that. That, that was me. That was me. I, I don't know about you. I'm glad God puts failures in the Bible, too. Because it's, it's nice knowing that some very good people have done it, okay, if you will. The Bible says this, uh, uh, we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. But if you will, I want to add a but. That word yet there is is kind of a disjunction. I I don't even know if disjunction is a word. (laughs) Conjunction and and but nor. Okay, disjunction would be but or something like that. Anyhow, but we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Get a hold of that. What does that mean? I think about this Cleopas and whoever was walking with him, like I said, I believe it was his wife, but they're walking together and they said, well, we thought he was going to be the one that fulfilled the promises of Christ. <coughs> we thought he was going to be the one that, that uh, sat on the throne. Come on now. We thought he, he was the one that's going to bring in the kingdom. By the way, he is going to do all those things. But notice what it says there in that verse. Uh, we esteemed him smitten, meaning you're not a victor, you're a victim, amen? He's uh, uh, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. You're, you're supposed to be conquering, sitting on a throne, no, and it's shaking their faith. Uh, guys, I don't know about you, I, I think people ought to review this portion of scripture on a regular basis. The Bible says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Can you all say this with me? Because it will be important in the end. And with his stripes, we are healed. Here in a moment, I'm going to go to a place that you've heard me say, so I'm not, I'm not really ruining the surprise. But one of the reasons I believe they knew who Jesus was when their eyes were finally open, remember, they couldn't, for grief, couldn't see who Jesus was, even though they were talking to him, their hearts were burning. When he went and he prayed and he broke the bread, they could see the scars. So folks, think about this. He has scars here. He has scars here. Folks, he has scars here. In chapter 52 and verse 14, the Bible says his visage was marred more than any man. And the Bible says in another place that they had buffeted him so much you couldn't recognize him as a man. Amen. And I talked to you about slaves this morning. By his stripes, we are healed. Sounds like an odd question, but it just occurred to me. Did they wear clothes in the Garden of Eden before the fall? I just wonder what it will be like in the millennium. I'm assuming we wear clothes. I don't know. I don't know. I know this. They could see the scars. Amen? Amen. The Bible says in verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
there's a picture that goes around, and I think it's a dubious picture. I think people ought to be very careful about it. It's called The First Day in Heaven. It's a picture of a woman embracing Jesus. If you ever seen it, it's a wonderful picture, but I'm, I'm nearly convinced, I'm pretty sure it's a Jehovah's Witness picture. I might be wrong about that, but I do believe that's true. Um, but uh, how many of y'all think we're going to run up and just hug Jesus? I, I, I think we're going to want to, but I think when we get close, we're going to see the scars. And we're going to realize he did that for us. I don't know about you. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it to give him the hug. He's going to have to come to me. Because I want to be broken. With his stripes, we are healed. Amen? I just think about that, if you will. And believing is seeing, and believing is the challenge. Verse 1, again, in our text here said, Who hath believed our report? By the way, that was one of the statements that Cleopas and them made. It has been reported unto us by some women. Amen. Meaning, rather than heading home, they should have headed to the tomb and said, hey, we want to see it too. <laughs> Amen. But they didn't. Amen. It's interesting to me, if you will, that, uh, that believing is seeing and, and believing is the challenge. And, and God has given us enough signs that we should be able to believe. One of the signs is, uh, go to Mark chapter 8. I want you to see this. Mark chapter 8. <laughs> Mark chapter 8, look at verse 11. The Bible says this, it says, And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. Okay, we, we want a sign from you. Why? Well, you've asked us to believe a lot, so we need a sign. I said, okay. And he sighed deeply in his spirit. By the way, why do you think he sighed deeply? It's, it's kind of like I preached this morning. How many more signs does he have to show him? Okay. The Bible says, why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, there should be no sign given unto this generation. By the way, he finishes that in another text. He says, except for the sign of Jonah. Okay? And the sign of Jonah. And he left them and entered into the ship again, departing to the other side. Now verse 14, notice what it says here. Because he gave the sign of the resurrection, meaning this. If you need a sign, look for the risen Savior. Now, again, how many of y'all believe Jesus Christ is risen from the dead? Do you realize there's people who call themselves Christians that don't believe in the resurrection? Now, can you imagine saying, well, I'm a Christian, and I don't believe in the resurrection. What? Okay. Because God said it, therefore it's true. And so the only natural response, the only right response is to believe it. Well, notice verse 14. Verse 14 says, now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. I just preached on this morning, amen? The Bible says, uh, uh, it says, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. Okay? And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, and saying, Because oh, we have no bread. Meaning, they, they thought they were being rebuked. Okay? Oh, it's because we forgot to take bread. Okay? And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why reason ye, because ye have no bread? By the way, I think he stopped and paused there and let him think about it. He says, he says, perceive ye not yet, neither understand. Have ye your heart yet hardened? 
Having eyes to see, see ye not, and having ears to hear, do ye not remember? He says, when I break the five loaves among the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? They said unto him, 12. Okay. He said, and when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said, seven. Okay. They said, and he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? Folks, they're sitting there saying, we don't have any bread. And he's like, don't you understand that if you need bread, I can give you bread. I did it for you twice. Come on. And how many baskets did you have to carry out? One each, one time, and another time, the number seven is a, is a significant number. It's a meaningful number. And he says, don't you get it? You have eyes to see and ears to hear, and yet you will not perceive. Meaning what? Believing is seeing. Do you really believe I'm the Son of God? Do you really believe that I'm the bread of life? Because if you really believe that, then you can see it, and you can act on it. Amen? Go with me, if you will, and we'll be done. Go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. Look at verse 7. Now, we, we believe by faith, amen? Okay? But when did... Cleopas and his partner, whoever it was, finally believe. The Bible says when he blessed the bread and he broke it and he gave to them. Folks, they had to have seen the scars. It's the only thing that changed. And they looked at the scars and they went, that's Christ. You remember what they said after that? Didn't our hearts burn within us when he talked to us? We should have known. We, we should have known before this. But it was the scars that made us believe. How many years has it been since the Bible, New Testament, was written? Anybody know? I mean, you know. It's been just under 2,000 years. Okay? How many of y'all believe God wrote the Bible? How many of y'all believe God preserved it so that we can trust it? Amen? How many of y'all believe the Bible? And if we do, it's because we just believe. We see because we believe, okay? And it's been 2,000 years, and so, you know, there's been a lot of attacks on the Bible, and yet people still believe the Bible. Praise God, okay? But for 1,000 years, people are going to be on the earth, Okay? And they're going to be living their lives. The Bible says during the millennium, the people who go into the millennium, the, not the ones who die and get glorified bodies, that'll be us, okay, or get glorified bodies. But actual human beings that get through the tribulation and become the new nations, if you will. Okay, you have Israel and then the, the other Gentiles. And they're going to live their lives and they're going to have their children and they're going to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord and Jesus is going to be sitting on the throne the whole time and life's going to be wonderful. I mean, it just is. Why? Jesus is going to be in charge. Amen? And all they're going to know, if you will, at least those children, by the way, the ones who go into the millennium, can they lose their salvation? Come on, guys. Why not? 
and give them everlasting life. Amen? But the children born during the millennium, you know what they're going to have to do? Jesus is the Savior. He paid for your sins. He loves you more than anybody. Amen? The only problem is in verse 7 there, the Bible says that Satan was bound for a thousand years and he was loosed, verse 7, he was loosed for a season. Y'all see that? And, it is, and, and Satan's going to come up to those people who were born during the millennium and say, he's not all that. He's just a big bully that sits up there. He, he, he doesn't really love you. He just wants to be in charge. He just wants to be worshipped. By the way, that's probably where he's going to go with it. Amen. And they're going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And up to a third, I believe, of humanity is going to take and a Jesus that they saw sitting on a throne and saw all the wonderful fruits of his leadership are going to turn their back and they're going to say, you know, I just don't believe you are who you say you are. But please take this the right way. How can they not believe when they're going to see the scars? Does Jesus still have scars? You, you remember what uh, Thomas said? Except I put my finger, and unless I thrust my hand, I will not believe in Jesus. Says, do it. Do it, and be no longer unbelieving. And then he falls down. He's one of the greatest praises of who Jesus is. He says, my Lord and my God. Amen. And it's simply because God said, do you believe me now, Thomas? Uh, by the way, he did the same thing for the apostles the week before. Come and see. Come and see. Folks, I got to tell you, I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I have trouble having the faith that I need as a Christian. And I think it would be a good idea for maybe to, me to get a vision of those scars and remember. Is anything too hard for God? No. No, nothing's too hard for God. Did, did I tell you exactly how it's going to? Hey, man, when you see the signs of the times, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Amen. And folks, we're living in a world today where people, so long as they've got the internet and got food on their table and got pocket chains, they don't care about the things of God. And it would be good for us, just like Thomas, Cleopas, amen, and even those people during the millennium, if they had any sense, to look at those scars and say, you know what? There is nothing too hard for God. God's word is right. God's word is true. I am going to look for his soon coming. And I don't know about you, but I want to be found about the Lord's business when he comes. How many of y'all think he's coming again? No. He's coming again. And folks, he's coming soon. Would to God that we would apply these same principles to our lives as we look for the soon coming of our Lord. Let's all stand if you want. Let's all stand.